G'day guys and welcome to the next episode of the Two Red Chairs podcast. I'm your host Frank and today it's a bit of a, uh, a special one for the broadcasting schedule of uh, Two Red Chairs because I'm adding an extra episode in here. It's usually every two weeks but I've got Michael Brinigroth here from Logo Package and he is going to share with you a new update on my favorite bit of, I guess it's now called software, isn't it? Yeah, you could call it software. Yeah, sweet, because it never used to be, and this is why I'm so stoked with this new version of it. Apart from that, there's several other features, and we'll get into that. But, um, Michael, welcome. How are you doing, buddy? I'm well. Uh, just living the dream here in Chicago. Yeah, How are you doing? the windy city. Very well, very well for a uh, Friday morning here. Um, so we, we're doing this recording in preparation for when you hear this probably um, on the day that Logo Package is released, um, which is the 3rd of August or the 4th of August if you're in Australia. Um, and I wanted to get Michael in to chat about this particular um, Illustrator or Adobe Illustrator um, plugin, you could call it, but it's a bit of software now that works with Illustrator to allow you to export your logos exponentially faster for your clients and I have found this to be so beneficial um, when I bought it first up it paid for itself in the first use of it um, and we'll get into price and everything like that at the end of the conversation but Michael uh, we've chatted since sort of day dot here so we have a good relationship here but I want to kind of know if we can take a, a bit of a, a summation of what logo package express is um how, how do you define it because every time i get into it it gets very granular and i get bogged yeah. in the detail but i'm sure you've got it nailed yeah uh the elevator pitch as it were That's um it. well you know the headline on my website says spend your time creating logos not exporting them and that's really the uh the dream there when you get to the end of a logo project if you're you know, providing a professional set of files. It takes a long time. You have to export them manually. You got to name them all, make all the folders. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're providing a lot of different variations, it can take a very long time. So logo package express, as you said, is a, uh, an extension for Adobe illustrator or a plugin, and it automates that whole process and gets it done instead of it being 45 minutes or an hour plus it gets it done in, you know, under five minutes. So that's that's the elevator pitch and this is to kind of go a little bit further than this like if if you're um spending the time of not just exporting but then also filing um your 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 images of different logo variations if it's pngs jpegs ai files epss all this kind of stuff this does that all doesn't it? yeah um so in addition to exporting it's also going to name all of those files, all of those logo files, um, sort them into pre-made folders. Well, actually it's, it's making the folders on the fly. Um, so you get a, a nice kit of folders with files pre-sorted into them with a good naming convention that your clients are going to understand all of the just mind numbing, boring production stuff that comes along with, uh, making logos at the end anyways, uh, totally taken care of for you. Yeah, and and that's what I always loved about this since day one was just that 
I mean, it's cool to see everything being exported in all the different formats that it does. And it changes RGB to CMYK in reverse, and it also adds Pantone for you automatically, both encoded and uncoded, which is, man, I don't know how you do this, um, <laughs> how you pull it off, but I think it's just incredible. For something that's such a simple idea, you know, um, and to have such a time saving, because I remember my first branding job as G'day Frank for my business was like pulling teeth to get every little logo bit and piece into a folder and then name it all each individual file and folder it so it made sense and I was like how do I make it make sense and and then this guy comes out of the woodwork and <laughs> just blows it out of the water with his first incarnation of logo package and I was like it was one of those like that meme from Futurama where he's like shut up and take my money like that was yeah. exactly it for me um, and I was just happy to to get on board um, but what I want to do first, Mike, is take a step back to the inception of this idea. Um, how yeah. did this come about? What was the need? What was the use case? I mean, obviously, we all have this need as logo designers. But for you, where did this idea come from? Um, so, you know, <clears throat> when you get out, well, I went to design school. I know there's a lot of people who are uh, self-taught out there, and I applaud them because that's a big undertaking. But um when I came out of design school, you know, I thought I was going to just rule the world and be design famous. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, you get into your, you get into your Who first doesn't? job, right? You get into your first job or two and you realize very quickly that you're just like a production robot. And, um, you know, I had worked for one agency and then I, I started at another agency, which did branding. And my boss was just very very particular about how those logo files got sent out. And I learned a lot about breaking things apart, giving different color variations, you know, the whole process. But every time we, we estimated that, you know, we build out an hour at least to, to do those logo packages and that's how long it took. And just every time we had a logo project come through, I was the person because I could do it the, the quickest. And even that was still an hour. Um, so I knew it was I knew it was a problem. It was something from my past that had bugged me. Uh, but I don't I don't personally promote the idea that you know if you can scratch your own itch, you can make a product that's going to sell. I think a lot of people mm -hmm. think, oh, you know, if I make something that solves my problem, millions of people are going to want it. Um, so the inception of this idea, while I did have background in it, didn't necessarily come from that experience. It came from doing research. And I was a freelancer. Um, I had worked at agencies and then I went to freelance. So, you know, have that design background. And I had two really big clients and one of the clients kind of went under. So with that spare time, I thought I was going to become like this unicorn designer who could develop things and design them. And I started teaching myself, you know, JavaScript. And I, I started reading a book about product design, which was like totally yeah, different. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I, I've discovered a research method called Sales Safari. By um, it's an idea kind of coined by uh, Amy Hoy and Alex Hillman. They have a course teaching you know how to make products and that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, but basically, it just says go to places where your audience hangs out and just listen to them complain and just see what they're talking about. Don't ask them what problems they have. Just observe. And so I went to a lot of design forums and I did have the bias of, I want to look into the logo design space. 
And it just came up over and over and over again. People either didn't know what files to give their clients or they had that experience and they knew it took forever to make all the files. So it was like these two things. And I was thinking, okay, what can I do to solve these problems? And my first idea was, well, I'll just write a book, right? Like I'll write an ebook or something about the whole logo package process yep. of exporting yep, all the yep. files and what's the best way to do it or make a blog about it or something like that. But then I kind of, I went back and I was like, you know, I do have, I was pretty quick in illustrator and I know there's these actions and stuff. I bet I could figure something out. And so I tackled this problem from a, well, maybe if I just create something that exports all the files that you need anyway, you know, you don't really have to educate yourself too much. You know, this is going to give me what I need and you can learn about it later, especially these self-taught people who are, you know, they've got a real project going on and maybe they don't have time to do all this research. Yeah, exactly. um, and then, and then secondly, if I could make it happen faster, then, you know, I'm solving both, both sides of that problem. So yeah, I set off into the crazy world of Adobe scripting forums and I recorded some actions and made some templates and I put it all together in this thing uh, with the really smooth and easy to say name of the logo package automator bundle. And that was yeah, the that first really rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. That was the first version of the product. And I gotta say, it made about eighty logo files in five minutes. So I really thought, you know, yeah. I had something. And uh I did all of the work around like how do you launch a product and um and this is the same for people who are starting a design business, you know, how do I get clients? It's it's all the same thing. You gotta generate yeah. leads and blah blah blah. Well, I had a whopping list of thirty six people and I don't think you were on it. To be honest, I don't think you were. <laughs> no, probably not at not at that stage. I, I've always known it as Logo Package Express. I think. Um, yeah. So whatever, Good. whatever you must have changed to that. That was probably when I first found it. Yeah. Um, I hope you've already forgotten the the first name. So uh, remember automated yeah. bundle. I think that was. It. <laughs> yeah. So I sold two. I launched to an email list of thirty six people, and I sold two. And you know, three months later, I was ready to give up. Um, and then. Uh, some things happen. I'm happy to tell you about about that if you're interested. Yeah, yeah, let's go. I mean, this is kind of what I find interesting about um, products, services that really may not take off um, to that person's desired hope or intent initially. But for those people like yourself that don't give up on it and like you've said, you've done a heap of research to then go deeper and really find the root of the problem and then iterate on it and adapt it to more people's needs and, and, and switch all things around that you might not have thought were an issue, but you're hearing this time and time again kind of thing. And you're creating something that's always going to be better and you're iterating and you're iterating. And that's kind of what a UX UI kind of person would do. Um, and realistically, every designer should be doing that in a, in a sense. Um, so this is why I kind of want to cover this is to see how that progression has happened to realize for all of us as designers that it's not just, okay, try something. If it doesn't stick, give up. Like that's not necessarily the point I think you want to make, is it? Yeah. So there's two really interesting topics in there. There's what is failure and then there's um, refining a service or refining a product and taking feedback. Yeah. Um, which feedback is, is integral to, to the design industry at large, you know, but also Definitely. if you're making a product for people. So 
Yeah, one of the, I mean, I've, I've had friends who have struggled with, um, with things in the past and, and, or known people who have kind of given up maybe before I thought that they should. And they're not weak people or anything like that. It's just, you've got other things going on in life and you kind of have to move on. Um, but in the case of this endeavor of making logo package express, you know, if I showed you the, the timeline of the first year of my business, you know, it's a flat line. It is a (laughs) flat line with two little sales at the beginning there. And then it just, and then it just takes off. And to me, that's what failure looks like. Failure looks like a long line of not much happening and then it clicks and it mm-hmm. no it's not a eureka thing but it's just like if you put in the work over time and like you're talking about with feedback and that sort of thing you know unless you're just doing something very bad like trying to sell sell sticks to a nature officer or something i mean like you just <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a horrible example Ask to an eskimo yeah 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 I, there you go that is that's the phrase i was looking for <laughs> yeah, not yeah, sticks yeah. to a nature officer <laughs> whatever that means we, we all understand you don't worry yeah i'm coining that term right now um <laughs> anyway so that to me was failure right like i didn't let the failure like stop me from pursuing this although i was about to I got four months in and I had only made four sales and someone reached out to me. Uh, his name is Arun. Uh, he was on Young Guns in the future. Uh, oh, yeah, he yeah, said, I him. Yep. He, he said, uh, you know, I'd love to get your product, um, but, you know, right now it's it might be a little too expensive for me. Would you mind if I connected you with some people with big audiences and then I, you know, I could get the, the product for free? And this was that alpha automator bundle version. Yep. And so, you know, it was around the holidays and I was like, well, I won't be greedy, I guess. And so I, I said, I didn't have much hope that something would come of it, but it totally did. And he hooked me up with Ian Paget of Logo Geek. And oh, nice. Ian was, was like, hey, do you have an affiliate scheme? I really want to help you out. And I said, uh, of course I do. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and uh, I figured it out. And I, I the platform I sell through does offer affiliates so we worked it out and then it was like that first thousand dollars of sales and that first thousand dollars was validation to me like people want this it just needs to get in front of them and then it's like i know that this thing is a you know infant it's in its infancy i know it could be so much better i don't have the know-how to make it better but i can hire somebody who does and that gave me the confidence to do that and that's that's where we shift from a bundle of you know do-it-yourself scripts and things that takes 20 minutes to set up um, to a, a, a full fully fledged product so there's the failure component at the beginning of just it's never as simple as just like stick with it but if you choose a path I guess is the best way to put it if you choose a path and you carry on down that path opportunities will come your way on the path and then yeah. you can move move along but you got to be on the path for a while um, so that's the failure component of it. The iteration, uh, you know, we can, I don't, I don't want to ramble on. Uh, I'm happy to talk about that. But is it, you know, from your perspective, right? Yeah. Like you have to take feedback on, on your designs. You have to kind of elicit feedback before you've even done any work in the way of what is the problem we're actually trying to solve, right? So it's the same for design as it is 
a product. Exactly. Yeah, I don't see it as any real difference there in terms of iteration because, I mean, even if it's on your own accord to iterate, 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 until you have that gut feeling that it feels like the right solution to the problem um, or to fit the need, that's kind of when you know you've nailed it. And this is kind of what it sounds like for, for yourself in this as- in this respect is that it didn't feel like it was getting anywhere. And as you said, it just flatlined. But I hazard a guess there was that gut feeling inside that you knew this was a good idea. Like it, it hadn't got to a point where you'd realized how you would want it to be ideally. And there's barriers to overcome and, and you know, hurdle over, but you do it over time and it's not going to happen just sort of one of those things overnight. But if you know it's a solid idea and you're getting that, I guess, validation from other people to say, I think you're onto something here. It's then up to you to really have the passion or not to, to go ahead and keep pushing it because no one else is going to do it for you in this situation, especially for you. Right. Um, and that's kind of where the iteration, I guess, comes from, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, in, I think, in design and also when you're making a product, um, passion is an interesting concept because, you know, you get to work with clients you like sometimes or most of the time or whatever, but are you that passionate about what they do? You want to try to be right. You want to be invested, but you're really passionate in your craft. You're passionate in problem solving and you're going to apply that to the client. And it's really only when, they give you that validation back of like, you've done so much for my business or I love the way this looks or, you know, you see that joy. That's, that's where that like passion grows. So with the, with the extension with uh, logo package express, you know, I was interested in playing around with the idea of like, what would it be like to sell a product? And, but then it's like, Oh, well now a thousand people have bought this and they're saying nice things to me. And yeah, they, they start they start sending feedback. And I could have just let it coast and, you know, made $200 a week off of it for, you know, seven months or something. And then it yeah, like it could it could it could have stayed exactly how it was when you first made it and that be it kind of thing. And you could listen to feedback, but it's up to you whether or not you want to implement it. Right. So, you know, there's I guess there's in, in the product space, there's really I guess it, it, it works for design as well. But there's kind of two ways that you get feedback. There's like the explicit feedback of, hey, I don't like your folder structure, man. Like, give me a different <laughs> folder structure. OK, sure. heard. Yeah, I'll mark that on the board. And then there's people who are like, um, so how do I change the color or whatever? You know, like and that question comes up over and over. They're not saying yeah. anything is wrong, or but you see that they're struggling with something. Sure. So, you know, in and in design, it's uh, the client comes to you and says, "My website is ugly," and then you know, okay, that's kind of explicit feedback. But you've also got to observe and say, "Well, you know, is it the conversion, or is mm-hmm. it the fact that nobody's buying your product?" Is it the fact that they missed this button or, you know, whatever, um, you got to kind of pull it out of them or intuit those sorts of things. So it really is very similar, but, uh, the, the difference between an okay designer or an okay product person and a great designer or product person is whether you, you take that feedback, right? If you think you've got the solution and you're the best and you know, your client is dumb and, um, you know, or the users just don't understand or whatever, like 
you can be okay. You know, you'll make something pretty that maybe works, maybe doesn't. But when you when you say, you know what, the customer understands something about this that I don't, or my client is a an I might be an expert in design and aesthetics and communication, but my client is an expert in their company. And if I just totally dismiss all of their feedback, I'm not I'm not really solving their problem because I'm not taking into account all of the knowledge that they have. And if I did that with a product and didn't take into account, like, uh, kind of jumping the gun here, but one of the new things I'm implementing is the ability to put clear space around your logo. I would never do that in my own logo packages because I think it makes the designs harder to work with. But a lot of people have a lot of really good reasons for doing that. So I'm not going to let my own bias get in the way. Yeah, I've implemented exactly. the feature for them. Nice. Yeah. And and this is what I... I think what you've touched on there is something that is definitely universal in every kind of designer's experience of interacting with a client, a customer, an audience. Um, like this could apply to your social media following, realistically, um, of, of creating content for, for them um, rather than just for yourself. I mean, it's your choice, as you, as sure. you allude to, but... Um, if you if you want to gain that traction and have something that is meeting that need of or want or desire or whatever it is, um, if you're not paying attention to that, then it's kind of like, why do you even want them there in the first place? Why do you want them to buy it in the first place type of thing? It's like you're right. just dangling like a little shiny bit of gold and going, hey, do you want this? Come and get it. I'm, and they're like, oh, no, but I want it made into like a ring. Like, no, 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 it's just a bit of gold. I'm sorry, that's it. Like, you, you, you take this or leave it. Like, totally up to you. Yeah. It's a stick, and you are a nature officer. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants it. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants the stick. Um, looks like a good stick, but yeah. So from that first iteration, which, you know, I guess by your d- description would have been a pretty... Or my comparison is pretty hodgepodge difference between like chalk and cheese between what it is now to what it was. Um, and even still what it was, was fantastic. Like it saved me hours. I gotta say, even if you had to run scripts to make the folders or do the logo exporting separately. And it was a bit more finicky compared to what it is now. Like you didn't know what it was, what it could have been back then either. So this was just like, amazing and i found this from ian paget's logo geek facebook community right that's how i think i came across it it was either ian that posted it or someone else might have um posted about it and i was just like what is this um it just sounded too too like to me it was too affordable not to and like my my hourly rate to be totally you know transparent here is a hundred dollars australian and your product was i think at the time like half that yeah. And I was like, if this is going to save me that hour, or even if it was half an hour, I've made my money, like, right there. Made it back in, in that first go of it. Not to mention right. every single other one after it. And it's kind of like that, um, what's that phrase? Opportunity cost. Where right. you're looking at something that you could, sure, you could sit there and do it manually and not have to, you know, get somebody else to do something for you or something that you could buy that would automate it. Whereas, you know, could this be realistically something that you could use time and time again, which is the best thing about this 
product for you is it's scalable in that sense that people can use it over and over again but for you right. you can sell it over and over again um rather than a bespoke design or, or something like that as a designer um right so for, that's a very just that's a big plug for you. <laughs> yeah, it's for, a one-time it's a one-time purchase, and I think a lot of people are super like over all of the software as a service monthly sure. subscriptions. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a major update here and there that you got to pay a little bit to upgrade. Okay, but you know, it's not a monthly thing. Um, so yeah, you can make your money back in one project for sure. Yeah. So there's no question in there, but my question now is that getting to that first iteration of what logo package express 1.0 was like you said that you didn't have the ability in your own capacity to create something like this and the knowledge to do so what was that journey like for you to create that because you had to bring someone else on yeah so i i had done a lot of research for my original version in the scripting forums and these are the people that really know what they're talking about so i went back there and i i didn't this is a clever way that you can get somebody to work for you uh, is to say, hey, I realize that you're an expert in this field. I was yep. wondering if you know anybody who might want to work on this project with me. Classic because question. then I love it. Yeah, because yeah. then yeah. you're not saying like, hey, you rando uh, work <laughs> for me. OK, yep. I'll drop everything. Like instead, it's like I respect you and I think you might be able to help me with just minimally giving me the name of somebody I could reach out to. Um, and if they are free, then they'll be like, well, yeah, I know a guy. It's me. I'll do it. Yeah. Um, or a, a, a lady, a guy, a gal, whatever. <laughs> but the I'll folk. do it. Yeah. Yeah. The folk. The and <laughs> and uh, so that's what I did. I reached out to a few people. And the person I ended up working with was they had their own whole section of the forum, like dedicated to their process. So I was like, okay. okay. Wow. And that person was in my budget. Like a lot of other people were not in my budget. Um, so take that as you will. But uh, yeah, we, we worked together and it was really great because I had, I mean, it's still behind me. This is my workflow stuff for like how the first version was going to work. And uh, if, if, you, if, you're not, if you're sticky notes. Yeah, that's it. If you're, if you're listening to this, it's a bunch of sticky notes. <laughs> right. There's a bunch of different colored sticky notes on my wall. Um, anyway, working with, uh, with my developer, Trevor, from Creative Scripts, um, I had all these ideas, and he wasn't afraid to say, eh, it's kind of garbage. I don't, I don't understand why we would need to do that. I don't, and, you know, oh, he, okay. was, he, had, he, he had his way, but, like, it didn't bother me. And sometimes I was right, and a lot of times he was right, and it was a really collaborative process because, yeah, I mean, like, I had an idea for how this would work, but I'm back in scripts and action land. I mean, I don't even know what the, <laughs> what the possibilities are, so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was really weird to be in a, in a space to be, like, as a designer, I have to make proposals and stuff all the time, right? And uh, the, the offer that I was getting was, like, just tell me what you know how much i you owe me in a email or something it's like ah no so i made the proposal for yeah. him to be like here's the terms <laughs> this is like this is how yeah. yeah this is how it's all gonna work um but yeah really great uh experience and that's been ongoing now for um almost two years you know a year and a half yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it's fantastic what you guys have come up with to integrate it now directly into Illustrator. And this is why when you first kind of released it as that um, proper plugin, which it did it all for you in the one go via Illustrator, I was just like, I, I just want to sing this from the rooftop, like for you. I mean, affiliate or no affiliate, I really don't care because I feel like this is just something that every logo designer needs to have and for God's sake, why Adobe Illustrator hadn't thought of this to begin with. I mean, this is where I'd love to see this go, is that you sell this to Adobe Illustrator for just like mega bucks. And then <laughs> you're just sitting there like your Scrooge McDuck just counting your buck, dollars and just be like, ha, 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 I made that it is, kind of thing. That is certainly one strategy. I think Adobe likes that people make plugins so that they don't have to work on their product and they and people can still... I mean, I'm not bad-mouthing them, but why would you put in a work, the work to make something that an extension already does really well and bring sure. more people onto your customer base. So yeah, what definitely. I'd like to do is I'd like to make a standalone application. So your, uh, um, your affinity people, your Corel people, your whatever else people, anybody who Microsoft makes a vector. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm if you could make a vector from it, <laughs> yeah. um, but anybody with a vector file can make a logo package, you know, For like sure. dedicated software. And then that would just, blow it out of the water um but that's that would be an extremely large investment to have to make as a single business operator type person for sure um without going too far that way if we take a step back to when we launched uh sorry when when you launched it's not my product (laughs) when you launched logo package 1.0 um, that process of getting that to market, because I mean, I saw how much effort you put into that launch and getting it out there and, and working with other collaborators to get the name of it out there. Um, how was that process? Because for many designers, it might not be something that they ever go to do in their career. But if, say, for instance, you're listening to this and you have some kind of idea and you want to bring it to market and know what it takes to get it to market in a way that has become so successful like it has for for michael um what was that process like for you yeah um that was that was the beginning of the process the beginning of the process was what's the what are the steps i need to take to market this and i did all that stuff i wrote blog posts i made um an explainer video that i wrote the script for and did the kooky voice narration for and did the (laughs) animation it took me like 40 hours to put the animation together um and you know built the landing page and did all of that stuff and you know i was doing fine to be able to get from zero nobody knows you to 36 people are willing to sign up for your email list up just about just to learn about this product i mean that's great but even if i sold it to all 36 people you know it's not still not a viable right. business for sure. so i i had that whole marketing piece in place um what i didn't have was an audience and so that's where the affiliates came in and that relationship with Ian, um, who just by sharing it in his Facebook group could, and, and on Twitter could get me, you know, a thousand dollars in sales really quickly. Mm. I mean, that was the transformational thing. Cause you go from thinking, you know, I've got something, I made it, I spent 500 hours building this thing and I guess I just got to move on to the next thing to like, wait a minute, what, somebody wants this? They have feedback <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah. Um, so then it was just like, well, can I be so bold, Ian, as to ask you if you know other people who mm. might be interested? 
And then, you know, it was those connections. Um, so if you, if you make a connection with somebody, typically you'll be surprised. They'll, they'll be willing to introduce you to people, especially if they are affiliates. Like they know, they get it. They're, they're, you know, That's what the, all the people that, yeah. in their community do this. Yep. Um, so yeah, then I got connected with other people and it wasn't really until about, I don't know, four or five months ago that I realized you, you have to do more than that. I, I was, I was really good because, because I had a product that everyone could just see the value in immediately. And, you know, people listening, you might be working on something that's really valuable. Um, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like the greatest idea in the world for it to be successful. Um, but I, but I say that it was immediate because I think it was easier for me to hijack that system of like getting referrals from people. Whereas if you're working on a book or something about a topic that's kind of been discussed before, you might have to do a little bit more work. And what I realized that more work was, was I had to bring value other than just like a potential revenue stream to these relationships. So now when I reach out to somebody to be an affiliate, um, I also let them know I have a big network of people that I know. And mm-hmm. if they're, if I want to be on somebody's podcast, I'll say, Hey, I've got this product or I know I'm an expert in these sorts of topics. I'd love to be a guest, but if you don't want to work with me, here's a list of people that um, I could connect you with that could be guests on your show or something like that. And that just sure. adds even more value to the idea that we could collaborate in some way. Um, and again, you know, it, it's kind of like, when you try and get that first job, you need experience to get the job, but you got to get the job to get the experience. So same thing. You need to have a network before you can offer the network, but there's something in there. I mean, Arun found a way to bring me value to get the product for free at the beginning. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's, there's always a way to do that. And if you can help two people or more get together and make money with and for each other, that will mm. always come back to you. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's a great, great frame of mind to have. Um, and for those of you listening that aren't kind of aware, I guess, of what affiliate marketing is, um, in this context, it's, it's basically offering somebody else to promote the product for you and receive a percentage of return on that sale for that particular, um, person that's referred them onto, let's say in this case, Michael's product, um, which works as a way of, of marketing because you're not having to do particular advertising cold and right. um, or marketing or advertising cold to people that aren't aware of who you are, aren't aware of what your product is and does and if it's of benefit. Whereas when it comes from somebody that is known and trusted to that individual and that person has had a good experience with something like this and can advocate for it for, for money or no money, then it comes across as something that is that should be valuable realistically to that individual if it's up their alley kind of thing to want to check out and have a look at off the back of that kind of referral, which is what that affiliate link, you know, is. Yep. Um, and I think it's a, a great way of doing marketing these days, especially with smaller niche um, influencers or, or people that have an extended network um, like Ian, and there's many others in the design community that do this. Um, I, I've kind of jumped on board and doing that for G'day Design Love. And it, if you want to be an affiliate, let's say, and it can create a form of income for yourself 
or for your business um, as a kind of side hustle type thing because, you know, what's one little referral to say, guys, have you checked this out? Like, I've been using this today in my client work, whatever it might be. And this Logo Package Express is just like such a freaking time saver. Um, and go, by the way, here's a link. You can buy it. If you do buy it by this link, it helps me out. It helps you out. It's a win-win. It's that same value exchange in that respect. Right. Um, yeah, and I would say to anybody listening, if you are interested in, uh, if you have a product and you're interested in working with affiliates, <clears throat> I had no idea when I started. I said, oh, I'll give you 5%. I thought, you know, if it's $100, you get $5 and whatever. Mm. We'll sell a million of them and you'll be happy. It doesn't work like that. Uh, you're going to want your affiliates to keep you at the top of their mind. And to do that, you got to give a big chunk of your, of your profit away, but, but you cannot reach a million people when you, when you have 36 people on your, your email list. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, offer that, that between 20 and 40%, um, 30 is a really good sweet spot. Um, and if you can offer a discount too, if you're selling a $10 template, I realize that's, you know, going to sound bad to add a discount to it. So maybe you don't do that, but definitely give a large percentage uh, because you want those people to want to work for you. And what eventually happens is just by them putting it out into the world, then that network of like peer to peer sharing and stuff happens. And you'll find out that you end up getting more sales from that relationship that aren't directly related to the affiliate anyway. Yeah. So it's fine to give that big percentage. It'll work out. Yeah. Nice. That's great advice. So this brings us now, I guess, to the big launch. Um, yeah. If you listen to this now, it's either today or it has been just a couple of days ago um, or maybe even weeks ago, depending on when you are listening to this podcast episode. But it's now at 2.0. And for those of you that have used this before, you'll know how much it's been as a, as a you know, lifesaver. But there have been some things that you've looked at from a lot of feedback, I'm guessing now, because you've had a heap more customers since um, launching 1.0, let's say, right? to then iterate like you've been talking about to create this version. So what does this do differently or, right. or improve upon to, to make this such a even better product, whether you have this or not? Yeah. Um... Right. So a lot of feedback um, and version one fully functioning extension does a great job. Version two, taking that feedback, adding new features to make it an even more powerful tool. Um, the, the first thing uh, is not going to be known to customers that it worked out well for and not going to matter to people who haven't bought it yet. But sure. the installation process is a lot more simple now. It used to be you had to open a script from Illustrator and it, it failed maybe two or 3% of the time. So a lot of emails for support came to me. I have a blank extension window, it's not working. So version two has native installers. You get a DMG if you're on a Mac or an EXE if you're on a um, PC and you just double click it the way you would install any other piece of software, uh, which I think is what you were alluding to at the beginning when you said that um, the extension was like proper software now. So yeah. nobody really cares about that, but I just wanted to, to drop it. Um, the major- I thought it was amazing. Yeah, well, but because you've, got, you've experienced it both ways, right? But new people exactly. are gonna be like, oh, this is how you install things. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, major features, big one, 
file name and folder name customization. I came up with a good folder structure, a good file naming convention from my you know years of experience with this, but it's not going to work for everybody. A, people call things different things. Is it an icon? Is it a symbol? Is it a logo mark? Whatever. Uh, and also people speak different languages, I found out. English is not the only language. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> so this feature allows you to totally customize every part of the naming convention. So if you, yeah. you know, rename the brilliant. folders, rename all the files to whatever it is that you call things. Uh, so that's big, big feature number one. Uh, the next major feature is multi-scale export. So when you when you set something when you set a logo in logo package express it exports all the vectors at whatever size your artwork originally was but when you're talking about jpegs or pngs then you kind of have to specify a size so there was always a setting to put in a width and a resolution but if you wanted to export logos that were 300 pixels like to have a small version and you wanted to export logos that were 1200 pixels then you needed to uh, run the extension multiple times kind of a pain so now there's multi-scale export. You can define as many scales as you want and uh, export them all out. Major feature number three tied to those two things is the ability to save presets for those scales and naming conventions. So if you're bilingual or something like that, yeah, you can, yeah. you can save a preset that's both of those different languages. If you yeah. are exporting social media avatars, but you're also exporting app icons and favicons, save different presets for the scales. So that's a big feature. And then um, one of the most, besides the file naming, the, the other most popular requested feature was the ability to add padding or clear space around your logos. And I think I said that earlier in the show, but um, yeah. just clear space is a barrier against ugliness. Like don't put your other crappy logos or whatever too close. Too to close. It, yeah. And so yeah. now you can export your files with that built in and set it up. And you can even kind of hack it to make like square, uh, square orientation logos for like social media and so on. So that's a big oh, yeah, one. Yeah. Yep. And the the last uh, major feature that I can think of right now, because there's a bunch of stuff, but they're not all big features, um, is mm -hmm. a Pantone first workflow. So oh, yeah. when you design a logo, you can design it in RGB, you can design it in CMYK. And I was really only accounting for those two options. Um, so if you brought the logo in, it would be whatever color you set it up as. And then we would do the conversion from CMYK to Pantone. Um, but a lot of people have Pantone logo. That's, that's how they work. They wanted to set Pantone logos. And what would mm -hmm. happen is we would convert your original Pantone into CMYK and then reconvert it back to Pantone. And it could be completely different colors than what you chose. There was yeah. a, ma a manual setting, but that meant you had to manually recolor things. So the Pantone first workflow, if you have Pantone swatches applied, saves them. And when they generate the logos, it reapplies them to your the, the Pantone variations that we that we create in the extension. Yeah, nice. That's fantastic. Yeah. Very clever. And and this is kind of the thing, without seeing this in, in, in action, it's very impressive when you see it in action. And I've shown my community this on a, one of our Monday calls and they were like, yep, sold, done. <laughs> like it, it, it makes it that much more impressive when you see a logo that you've made, like just the idea is that you set your logo, you can um, 
piece out each part of that logo lockup. So you've got, say, your symbol, you've got your word mark, you've got your tagline, and it will separate them all out onto different artboards into one Adobe Illustrator file. And then it will spit out all the different color variations of either all white, all black, inverted. So if you had a colored symbol and a black word mark, it will invert it to a colored symbol and a white word mark. And then all the way down until it gets to Pantone if you're doing print versions, and then it can do the whole thing again for RGB. And I was just like, holy moly, like this is just a, such a game changer as soon as you see it. And that's when it ex like it shows you all the different variations, but then you export it and it's just as quick and it goes through and you see it all going. And it's within each color variation, you can do each one within two minutes. If you have it all set up right and it's all good to go, just do 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 and it'll do it for you and you're happy days. But you can customize things along the way if you don't want certain bits. Like I found it really helpful to, if you're doing several different variations to eliminate some of those options that do spit out and then export it and then you're golden. It's it's even less time to have to export. Um, uh, I, I cannot stress this enough that this is something that all designers need. It, it just makes sense and it sounds like the biggest cheesy sale but from someone that's used this time and time again in the last two years, it's fantastic like it really is and my hat's off to you Michael because we talk about this a lot it's probably like the only thing we do talk about <laughs> is your product most of the time because I'm just so fascinated by your process and the way that you've come about this um, and to see it going from strength to strength and seeing this now become your full-time job essentially um, you know kudos man yeah well thank you that's uh I really appreciate hearing the the kind words and uh also, you being my guinea pig when I have a new idea and have you take a look <laughs> yeah. at my, my Figma mock-up or whatever. So, Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's, it's, always, uh, it's always a pleasure to see something new. Every time Michael sends me a message on Messenger, it's like, want to see something new? I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> yes, please, right now. Thank you very much. Um, so, Michael, we're going to finish off here by um, just mentioning this is either out now, if you're listening to this, or it has been for the last few days. You can get it for how much? Well, um, the launch sale is kind of like a before the price goes up. So the current price or the, the price before version two was $99. And the price after launch week will be $119. But uh, I, I, I'll have to throw out a spoiler here. Um, you know, people who are listening... I think we'll have a way to get a nice uh, $20 discount from from yes, Reagan, we'll, as I call him, or Frank, as some of you may call him. Um, yes, we'll get to that. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. So the idea is, if you're listening to this, you'll probably be able to get it for $99. Yeah, perfect. And if you do have it already, um, what is there a cost involved to upgrade to this new version? Right. If you're if you are a current user, this is a, a major upgrade. Um, the the intermediate bug fixes and and small features are always free, but this is a major upgrade. So, since the price is going up by twenty dollars, I'm only asking that my existing customers pay the difference, and it will cost twenty dollars to upgrade from version one. Nice, nice. And I think that's I think that's fantastic. It's so affordable to to get to these new features that are even more of a game changer for the way that you want to customize your exports, which is fantastic. So the offer here for you to get the $20 off if you're buying this new, 
Um, so if you haven't got it already, this is where the offer applies. If you want to sign up to the GDL newsletter, there is a link in uh, my Instagram bio, or you can sign up to it on g uh, g'daydesignlife.com. Um, if you sign up to there, the email that you'll get back automated will have that link for you to buy it and it will be automatically applied with that $20 discount. And this is in US dollars as well, isn't it, Michael? Uh, yeah, I hope. I, I hope yeah. I've been doing yeah. that math yeah. right for the last yeah. few years. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. So it's in US dollars. So if you're Australian, uh, it's it'll be a little bit... Uh, a little bit more just based on our conversion, but um, yeah, for $20 US off, if you join up the newsletter or if you're already on the newsletter, you'll be receiving that either today or, or tomorrow, depending on whenever you're listening to this. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what people have to say about this new update and seeing how many more people get on board with this and, and rave about it because I'm already a big raver <laughs> about it. And I know a lot of people are about it as well, which is fantastic. Like... I remember when you first launched um, Logo Package 1.0, I sent a heap of people like messages, like DMs just on Instagram going, hey, have you heard about this? And you should get on board because I see you're a logo designer. And a lot of them were like hesitant because they didn't know me. And I was like, okay, sure, whatever, no worries. And they just said, yeah, no thanks. And then they came back to me like six months later going, I should have listened to you, man. <laughs> like, this is fantastic. I was like, see, it's not even my product. And like, it, it, it just is, is fantastic. Um, so mate, thank you so much for coming on here. Um, I, I always want to spruik this product because it's just fantastic. As I keep saying, fantastic. Um, thanks so much for your time. I know you, you, you busy ass is, is motoring trying to get this to, to launch at the moment because we are right. a week behind here. Um, so I'll, I'll leave it to you to, to get it all to fruition. So good luck to you, mate. And, um, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Reagan. Um, to find the logo package anywhere else. Um, actually that's probably what you should do is to give maybe that plug, um, to find it if you want to go direct to it. Yeah. Uh, if you want to learn more about it and see it in action and all that good stuff, which you should, um, before you buy anything, you should look at it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just just go to thelogopackage.com. Um, yeah. And I've got all the social media. It's the same thing, the logo package. Yeah. Um, nice. So, yeah, check check it out. And then if you want to be really cool, you can find me on LinkedIn. And uh, the, the name is Michael Bruni Groth. And if you can figure out how to spell that, I will definitely uh, accept your, accept your, <laughs> nice. your request. Good challenge. Challenge accepted. Nice one. All right, guys. Uh, so if just to reiterate, if you want to jump on board um, getting Logo Package Express for Adobe Illustrator, there's a $20 gift uh, to you for those that subscribe to the GDL newsletter. Um, there's a link in the description here of the notes, or it's going to be on Instagram or on my website if you sign up to that newsletter. And uh, I hope you really enjoy it. I'd love to hear that feedback that I can pass on to Michael, or you can give it to him direct himself on Instagram. Um, but, uh, that's, that's going to do us for now. I'll see you next week for the next episode to get back onto normal two week or every two week schedule and, uh, leave a review on Apple podcasts. If you're listening on there, otherwise see you next time. Bye.